0: The, the amazing thing that happens that I think most small business owners or most agency owners would find pretty shocking is that we get contacted every day, multiple times a day by people who want to do business with us. Not, not that they're all you know, good prospects for what we have to offer. I'm not saying that. But still, we've got this just constant inbound flow of people reaching out to us saying, Hey, what can we do to get you know, our business in front of your audience? to me, again, is, is just, it's the most powerful thing that I've done to attract, you know, customers to us.
1: This is the local marketing agency secrets AudioCast, where we interview the world's top minds in local marketing to bring you actionable tips and strategies for your local agency. Here are your hosts, Drew Griffin and David Calafiori.
2: Hey, everybody. How you doing? Drew Griffin here hanging out with my business partner, David Calafuri. And we've got an amazing guest lined up today. That is certainly not to disappoint. And we're just thrilled and elated. But before we jump in, how's everything going, David?
1: Good, man. We're getting ready for the holidays here. So we're, we're closing out the year, and I'm excited to talk to, to Mike today. Mike does some really interesting stuff in his in his neck of the woods out, out west in San Diego. He uses a really cool strategy to connect with local businesses, and it, it's just a whole different way of running a local marketing agency. And I'm excited to uh, dig in and talk to Mike today.
2: Awesome. So without further ado, let's bring on uh, Mike Gooch, who is an entrepreneur and fast growth CEO. That it's founded a bunch of businesses in the technology services, marketing services, digital publishing, all of the things. Uh, Listen, we're just going to dive right in and let Mike kind of give a little bit of a background and then we'll just get into the real talk. So uh, Mike, welcome to Local Marketing Weekly Podcast. We're super, super excited, elated, and privileged to be hanging out with you today. We've been a huge fan of the business models that you've been putting out there. We've closely followed your career and uh, we couldn't be more elated to be
0: hanging out with you today. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, guys. I'm excited to be here.
2: So, Mike, uh, you know, bring us up to speed. Kind of tell us a little bit of your background, uh, how you got involved in this whole marketing space and, uh, you know, what's working for you today.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll take the... I'll I'll try and give the full picture, but try and keep it relatively brief. So, I I started out as an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley during the first dot-com boom. And I knew nothing about technology. I just uh was very into entrepreneurship and i was very excited by the energy of silicon valley at the time it was just like a drug fascinating to see all of the incredible things that were happening and the energy and just this belief that anything was possible it was very uh, seductive to me and so i ended up just kind of jumping into the industry out there in any which way i could which was to go to a go to work for you know an IT services firm a consulting firm back then you know dating myself of course for that time period like just getting fast internet connections you know like this this big ordeal i mean the relatively lower priced ISPs were just starting to come into the market you know people people were just trying to get their hands on technology and figure out what to do with it and particularly in Silicon Valley that was true so I went to work for an IT services business on the business side, helping out with operations, I, I just kind of stumbled into. I ended up the assistant to the founder, and so I just got exposure to, to just kind of everything and building this business. And it was a very fast growth business. Ended up leaving that and starting my own business that was an IT services business, and then also ended up again just kind of dumb luck, stumbling into started an ISP and then raised venture capital and and started a company four ISPs. Um, so just kind of a wild you know Silicon Valley ride and all of that came to a horrible crashing halt when the economy crashed, couldn't raise any more money, had to lay off a bunch of people and was left with a very small fraction of what I had, ended up selling that and going to business school in uh, the East Coast in Boston and um, did my MBA there in in one year. That was one of the reasons why I went to the particular program I did. I could do it fast, but it was also the, the top. It's Babson College, the top school for entrepreneurship in the world. A lot of people have never even heard of it, but, but it's a fantastic program. As soon as I graduated from there, I had spent time during that year kind of evaluating, okay, what kind of business would I want to start again and why? I I was still drawn back to this IT services for small businesses because it was this massive, just exploding marketplace that uh, small businesses were trying to figure out what to do with technology. They were spending lots of money on it, but they were really struggling. And there was not an established brand to go to for help. And so as soon as I graduated, I started my next business, and that one, fortunately, was was significantly more successful. I grew it over the next eight years. Uh, we ended up with teams in the East Coast, in Colorado, and the West Coast. And then I ultimately sold that business. And before I sold it, we had kind of this evolution on the technology marketing front. So one of the things that allowed us to grow much faster than our competition and differentiate us. Was that we started generating leads through Google AdWords and most people in our industry just had not done that. And so the the light bulb, you know, was on in terms of the power of using online and using ads. And then towards, I'd say the last 18 months, maybe two years of that business, we actually started up an online marketing team kind of division within the company to help our existing customers with websites, ad campaigns, things like that. And then that ultimately led to when I sold that company, I had already started what was called Kutenda, which was a marketing platform and services company For the small business community, which that was another, you know, kind of crazy story. Um, but it it was, it was a rocket ship in terms of growth and really kind of turned me on to the opportunity of helping small businesses with, with marketing. And then all, you know, all all the other entrepreneurial ADD things I like to do because I, I like to keep busy, but ultimately ended up out here in San Diego and have an online media business. That is my kind of marketing entity for the small business community out here. That's awesome. That's one thing that
2: we were talking prior to the recording of the show is, you know, creating these types of entities. I think that's what you're referring to. But what what has that done for, you know, your agency or your business in general? And I think, you know, what we're talking about are, are some of these media properties that service a local area we talk about that a lot in terms and context of what we call a local media asset a, a news and events and uh, that sort of type of site you know let's talk about the genesis of something like that and i know that you've done extremely well with you know at least one if not multiple properties along those lines a lot of the audience that's listening to this are startup agency owners or people interested in getting into this space to kind of run their own little digital marketing agencies or marketing agencies in general what's the importance of this and 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 how to how to leverage something? Something like that to kind of get your foot through the door to start servicing some of these small, you know, other types of businesses, other types of entities in the local space. You know, what's your vision about something like this? Why, why might this be something a, a strategy to deploy?
0: Yeah, I think um, in my experience in selling to small businesses and providing services to small businesses, which has been pretty much my entire career, there's you've got to get things on both sides of the equation really right. You've got to get your service delivery very structured, very standardized, automated as much as possible so that you can afford to maintain those those customers and make good enough margin from them to even exist because small businesses simply can't pay a lot of money. These aren't huge companies with giant budgets. So you've got to be very lean and efficient on the service delivery side. But... The then X factor is really on the sales side. Selling to small businesses, again, requires you to be very, very efficient and effective because they just don't have a lot of money to spend. So your sales process can't be too expensive. It can't be too slow. And most people really, really struggle with developing that sales process. So the great thing about the media property is that it attracts people in very high volumes to you. It gives you a ton of attention in your marketplace. And it gives you attention in a way that small businesses understand. Small businesses understand the concept of advertising very clearly. You have customers that I want. Let me put up an ad wherever they're going to see me, see that ad, so that I can get their attention and get a response from them. It's an age, ages-old you know, proven model that everybody just understands. So when your competition doesn't have this attention-getting asset out there, one, and two, they are trying to sell them things like SEO or PPC or retargeting or whatever, all these services that we know that businesses can take advantage of, one, they don't have the attention, so they don't have people coming to them, which means they have to go out and get the small businesses' attention, which is just much more difficult, much more costly, much slower... And then two, they're trying to educate them to sell them something, which again is much more costly, slow versus with a media property. You've got this asset that's attracting people to you one and two, you've got a very, very simple value proposition. Hey, I've got eyeballs. I'll get you in front of the eyeballs. And so it's just a very nice introductory sales thing. So I, I personally think that the media model is the most straightforward, powerful opportunity for a local marketing agency. You know or anybody in the local space that's trying to attention and and sell services yeah, I think it's been c- critical
2: for us and and our agency and and being able to scale. what's been your experience like what what has uh, owning and operating and leveraging one of these media properties done for you and your business tangibly? Uh, has it afforded better relationships, more money coming in uh, better connections quicker rela- quicker access to yeah.
0: All, all of the above. I, I mean, it's if, if I look at our, our analytics, we have anywhere between 50 and 100,000 unique visitors a month to our site. We've got 20,000 people on our newsletter. We've got almost 20,000 on Instagram. We've got 40,000 on Facebook. So we have the ability to communicate with a large, active part of the San Diego community. Uh, essentially, at no cost to us, or very, very low cost to us, and that has put us in a position where you know I, I'll never forget. Actually, I took my kids to an air show here in San Diego, and we were waiting in line to get into the air show, and I had this guy go, "Oh, hey, you're the San Diego guy," and it, it just was like kind of weird. <laughs> way. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, like there there's actually people out in the public that recognize you know the brand and recognize me associated with the brand it just was this relatable moment in terms of oh wow we're actually reaching people you know with all of this content they're tuning in they're paying attention so because of that i mean there's the the amazing thing that happens that i think most small business owners or most agency owners would find you know pretty shocking is that we get contacted every single day multiple times a day by people who want to do business with us. Not not that they're all, you know, good prospects for what we have to offer. I'm not saying that, but still, we've got this just constant inbound flow of people reaching out to us saying, "Hey, what can we do to get, you know, our business in front of your audience?" To me again is is just it's the most powerful thing that I've done to attract, you know, customers to us.
1: Yeah, yeah, super powerful. super powerful. Drew, we've been using a similar type strategy for years now, probably on a smaller scale than what Mike's doing with with his his media uh, property out in San Diego. For us, it started out as just, we, we were finding it harder and harder to get the attention of local business owners, to so get them to pick up the phone and talk to you, take a meeting, give you the time of day, or just pay attention at all. And we were looking for a different strategy to just get our foot through the door to open the conversation and we started building out these locally based facebook pages that were just based around you know posting local news events things that are happening in a community and it's amazing how fast one of these can grow where you you know i'm in a small community here where there's our population is like 17,000, and i've got one of these pages that encompasses almost half of our population here in our area and uh There is no better way to just start a conversation with a local business owner who you want to connect with by just walking in and saying, hey, I've got this thing over here where we got all this local attention, all these eyeballs locally on us. Can we feature you or can I write a story about you? And that's, you know, in many cases, all it takes to just open up the lines of communication, kind of just shake the business owner's hand, become friends and only good things happen when when you approach it like this. And it's it's literally like changed the face of our business, true. It has. It really has, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really remarkable. And now the thing that I just picked up and wrote down specifically is uh these golden nuggets that Mike just shared with us is You know, speed and efficiency with sales on the other side of the equation here. So, setting up one of these properties and obviously uh, leveraging that to connect with local businesses, the next step is probably the most important, making sure that you're dialed in. And know exactly what types of services that you're going to offer because that 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 great period in between of actually connecting with the business and then being able to actually offer them something of value to take advantage of your audience is key. and I think that's where a lot of people start to make mistakes is not having that speed and efficiency of a sales process.
0: Yeah. would you agree Mike? yeah, i I absolutely agree. Speed and efficiency, and I think the other thing that, should be mentioned there is, is just clarity. If you are selling to a small business and you have to go through an education process and a proposal process every time where it takes, you know, multiple conversations and maybe meetings and things like that to get them clear as to what they're even buying from you. I think you're already in a very big disadvantage. You're already at a very big disadvantage in that situation. You know, to me, on the, the very first interaction or very first call I have with a prospect, I have a menu of services that have very laid out, you know, specific, here, here are the features, here are the benefits, here's what's included, here's what's not included, and here's the price. And that way, from the very first step, I can put that in front of them and say, hey, if, if you would like to show up on our Instagram account, here's how much it costs. If you'd like to be in our newsletter, here's how much it costs. If you'd like to do all of those things here's how much it costs. So I think that being that clear, both for you, you know, for, for you as the agency to, to know exactly, Hey, here's what I deliver. Here's how I deliver it. Here's the value I provide that clarity, both for you as a business and for your customers is just a huge advantage again, and just speeding everything up.
2: I love that. That is a real takeaway. Uh, before we go into our last segment here, I want to uh, have the opportunity to you know, let everybody know where to connect with you and, and, and learn from you. Is there a website?
0: How can people find out more information about you and your company? Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. And in, in regards to the agency world and and sales and and kind of packaging of services, this is something that I've, I've actually done. It's, it's pretty wild. I, I think I'm at about year 12 now in terms of training in this market space, which was kind of crazy to me, but, um, If you go to digitalmarketinglab.io, digitalmarketinglab.io is where I publish content and and do training in this space. So yeah, I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. We're going to send everybody there and uh, include that in our weekly newsletter as well. We're huge fans of you, Mike, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on here. Hey, 2020 has been tough for a lot of local businesses and businesses
0: in general. What are you excited about moving into 2021? Oh, that's a great question. I like the optimistic approach to to look. (laughs) um, I think that's important. I think it has been a very tough year. It's one that I think has accelerated a lot as much as it's changed a lot. And what I mean by that is, let's take the uh, restaurant marketplace as an example. If you've kept a close eye on the restaurant industry for the last several years, they've been predicting that in the United States, there has to be a major shakeout in the restaurant industry. There's too many restaurants out there it's just too overbuilt to support the dining habits of Americans ongoing. And so they, they've been predicting that there's going to be this major, you know, maybe 25% of the industry shaking out and disappearing. And, and it just happened. So I think what coronavirus has done, the pandemic has done, is it has accelerated that house cleaning in some industries. And not to sound cold about it, because that, I realize that that does sound a little bit cold, that there's a lot of kind of weaker businesses did not really have a clear advantage in their product and their service and their brand in the way that they were operating to be flexible to meet the needs of the customers as as all this started happening. And those businesses have suffered. And in San Diego, I can show you a whole bunch of restaurants that are closed. I can also show you a whole bunch of restaurants that are keeping it pretty quiet because it's not something you really want to talk about right now, but they're making more money than they ever have because they adapted to delivery and to takeout orders and things like that. They uh, consolidated their menu down to just a handful of items. So they got very efficient and profitable on those items and they're doing great. I think that this is going to, I think that it already has opened a lot of businesses eyes as to how important it is to have a strategy and a competitive advantage that you deliberately build and design at your business and to leverage technology as much as possible to create efficiencies and also to create better connection with your customers. It's it's pretty amazing to me to see industries that, you know, when all of this happened, there was like this panic for 30 days of trying to get their employees to understand what a webinar was what a Zoom call was, you know, just completely mm-hmm. unprepared for how to work remotely. I think that all of this has accelerated those changes in a way that I think is going to be very beneficial. And I think, you know, on a more personal and human level, the thing that I'm super excited about is I think that this has given us all globally, which is, when you think about that in any time in modern history, other than wars, I don't. I don't think that we've ever globally been as aware of our limitations, of the shortness of of life, and of opportunities, and all that. And and I think it's created this great awareness for a lot of people of what track was I on? Is that really the track I wanted to be on? How can I? Approach my life maybe in a different way going forward, you know, to really take into account like what's just happened here in the world. I really do think that it's going to be a really beautiful time when we do have vaccines out there and people can start coming more, you know, back into the world. I think that there's going to be a different appreciation for a lot of things and and real relationships and human contact and all that stuff that I think it's going to be a really, you know, it's going to be a really, really good thing. It's, it's, it can be hard to see that right now, but I think it's going to be. And I think at, at a business level, that's going to be very true too. I think here in San Diego, looking at my local market, I can see these entrepreneurs that are creative, that are going to sharpen their skills. They're, they're going to sharpen their entrepreneurial you know, talons and, and fangs and go out into the marketplace. And they're going to create experiences that are amazing. Food you know, at their restaurant, that's amazing. They're going to capitalize on technology to make sure that they can keep in touch with their customers and build their relationships. And, and I just think that that's all going to be awesome. So I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm super optimistic for the next year and I'm excited to see what comes of it. Well, I'm
2: excited, I'm excited and I shared that enthusiasm yeah. as well. I suspect that, I guess, the the last question that I have, unless, David, you've got another one, is that uh, last statement that you made was about uh, individual entrepreneurs in the, in the local space, these local businesses and whatnot. And clearly not every single one of those businesses is going to have the chops or understand how to navigate this new technology mm-hmm. shift or the demands that governments or just the global environment have placed upon everyone, right? So local businesses and governments and local marketers as well, right? So I think understanding how to navigate this stuff might be something that other entrepreneurs, you know, digital marketer entrepreneurs, can take advantage of and and uh, really democratize that information and show them how to be a little bit more efficient with their
0: marketing services as well. Would you agree on something like that? I 100% agree. I mean, I think Dave, you mentioned that one of the great things about your sales process with the media property is that you can add value to a prospect in advance. And that that is a... Absolutely. a yeah, that, that's a foundation of how I believe selling should happen, right? Is that mm-hmm. you... you them and say, hey, look, let us put together a great article for you, no charge. Let's just get the word out about your business. That that to me is the way to sell. To add value first. One of the simplest, most proven, universal ways to do that in this marketplace that works is teaching, educating, and and you can do that at scale. Doing things like this, right? So deliver a message, educate, add value to those businesses, and you're always going to attract people to you and attract opportunity to you. It's, it's worked forever and it will continue to work and not nearly enough agencies out there or marketing professionals out there are, are doing that. They, they don't have yeah. their voice out there like you guys are. And that's, that's just like the most straightforward opportunity in the world. And that everybody should take advantage of
1: it. You're right. With, especially with, with the platforms that we have like Facebook and Instagram. I, I think a lot of smaller local agency people, Drew and I always talk about this, like they kind of live in the shadows, right? They're hiding in their home office or working from home. And they're not a part of the business community. They're not a part of that network of local business people who are friends with each other and refer business to each other. Maybe they're not a member of the chamber or other networking groups and you got to get yourself out there. And having one of those media properties is a fantastic way to kind of inject yourself into that local business network of of people and entrepreneurs in your in your local market and become a part of that. And once you do that, great things start to happen. You know, you become you, you form friendships and relationships with people and people who are entrepreneurs in your area are all friends with each other and they like to refer business or help to one another. It's a key thing to helping you quickly grow your agency and push your agency further to so become injected into that into that web of of entrepreneurs and business owners in your area. It's really important I totally agree, I totally agree. and I, I think just to add to that real quick,
0: I think that a lot of people my experience is that a lot of people are intimidated by putting their their voice out there. Maybe you know that that imposter syndrome is a big thing in, in entrepreneurship where you just don't feel like you're qualified enough yet or whatever. And I've got, I think, two pieces of advice on that, that can be super helpful. One, the media property approach takes that away. They're San Diego, yep. not about Mike. It's about San Diego and San Diego businesses. And so every piece of content that's on there, there's, there's nothing on there that mentions me in any way. You know, I, it doesn't have to be about me, it can be about the community. And that's, that's a really beautiful thing about that media property approach. But let's just say you don't want to use that media property approach. You're Mike, the agency, and you just want to get your word out there, but you're nervous about this kind of imposter syndrome or getting your brand out there personally. And what I would say is just simply sharing your experiences as you're going through them. You don't have to be a thought leader. Like that's such a big phrase. and can be so intimidating, right? If you simply... Just do a live cast like this or whatever, and just share. Hey, here's what I learned. Here's a new tool I came across. I think it might be helpful for other people. Here's my experience with it. Here was my challenges with it. Here's what I figured out. That alone is great content. It's great content, and people will eat that up. So, just you don't, I think, lowering the bar in terms of your expectations of what you have to be and who you have to be and how you have to come across in some super professional dialed in way to get started. I don't think you need any of that. And in a lot of cases, actually in today's world with how informal all this stuff is now, I think it actually works against you if you're trying too hard to be that way, rather than just here I am in my apartment, you know, sitting at my computer and I, I came across something that I thought it would be helpful for you guys. So I shot this little video and if you have any questions, get in touch. Love to help that 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 opportunity yeah. has never been more available to all of us any time in history we can we can record a video just like we're doing put it on facebook deliver it to anybody around the world you know for 5 bucks in the next half an hour like it's crazy not to take advantage of that so i, I would encourage everybody to just get that voice out there and and just kind of push through those initial challenges you know mentally emotionally or logistically, you know, figuring out how to do it and just get it done.
2: Mike, uh, wow. This is really uh, comforting to know and understand that we're on the right path. And clearly, uh, this is something that almost everybody that is listening to us can deploy in their own business and their own strategy. Super smart person that we've had on today. We are elated. We are grateful and privileged to have had you on the show. Before we go again, one more time, where can we send people to find out more about you and uh, your company and what you do.
0: Cool. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much again, guys. This is this is a lot of fun. I appreciate it. People can reach me over at digitalmarketinglab.io digitalmarketinglab.io Well,
2: thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Mike. We'd love to send you all kinds of gifts and traffic and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to encourage everybody uh, to head over to your website, connect with you, find out all the cool things that you're doing. Clearly, you've had an amazing, amazing career and will continue to do so. We're excited and elated to hear what you're uh, Uh, looking forward to in 2021. And uh, listen, we would love to have an open invitation for you anytime you want to come back and talk about anything that you've got going on. I know that you help your community out tremendously. And if we could tap into that anyway, you are certainly welcome. This is an open invitation to come back anytime that you want. You want to talk about something, uh, the mic is yours. We are really, really thrilled uh, that you've joined us today. Everybody go ahead and check out Mike's site connect with him, you'd be really, really wise to do so. If you followed Mike and everything that he's got going on, he has graciously shared his time with us today and you will not be disappointed. So again, thanks so much for hanging out with us today, Mike.
1: Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who tunes in.